I actually want DC really bad to do a book where it's like a bunch of crappy villains. <laughs> I think that would be enough. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. They already do. It's called Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, passenger 61. Uh, oh my god. Are you kidding me? There's a fireworks. I hope it's fireworks. It is. Okay, I got an idea. I'm going to get in my car. Okay. That was funny, right when you started oh They were waiting for you. First it was my internet. Then it's... Was that what happened? No, no, or, no. Are you talking about last time? I'm talking about last time. It was my internet, now it's... <laughs> then it was a vacuum cleaner, then it was a TV, then it was wind, now it's fireworks. So, oh my god. I, 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 I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this is Bat Fans number 61, without pants and socks and 52-inch waist and all that kind of crap, and Corbett is making noise again. Over me, and I'm trying to do this freaking intro to get this thing started. <laughs> Corbin, unfortunately, can't can't cooperate with me. <laughs> he, he wasn't satisfied with breaking your internet. <laughs> no, no, he had to make a ton of noise. He, Corbin, it's always you, man. First was my internet, now it's you. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, the Athletics just won. Oh, yes. They walked off. <laughs> so, today's going to be a good day, and today's going to be a good 4th of July, and today's going to be a good um, podcast. Fans without pants. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And Corbin has left the call. So, we, we've gotten up. Off to a good start yes. for this one. So, Tim, why don't you get him back, and meanwhile, I will... I will um I will make conversation with myself because you're gonna be busy getting him back. Oh man, what's 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 going on today, Tim? I thought you're making conversation with yourself. No, no, I'm asking you, what's going on today? Waiting to get this podcast started. It's already been started. I'm not starting it for a third time or fourth time. Hello. Are you with us, Corbin? <laughs> okay, wow. I guess so. Right now it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, there's no noises or anything. It's just you. <laughs> I'm in my car, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't get burned up in there. <laughs> Make sure the AC's on. No, because if he starts his car, the oh, yeah. <laughs> car noise is going to make noise. <laughs> In this thing, but anyway, uh, Tim or Corbin making noise. <laughs> Is that gonna be his dude? It's now? making noise. Yeah, are you like going through your glove compartment or something? Uh, I was getting some stuff. How's it now? Yeah, I mean, 
You're fine. Just don't move. Don't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> don't popcorn. <laughs> oh, what's happening? He's taking your advice. I don't think he's breathing. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Don't uh, pass on on us, Corbin. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, Ace of One in the twelfth, the bottom of the twelfth. They've walked off, and I'm happy. So. Why don't we just get to our uh, featured topic? So, I mean, I don't know. You see, I'm glad two shows, and this is what happens. Yes. I've got one show, and this is what happens. I totally forget what we do what we do here, which is make bad podcasts. <laughs> I mean, not for a living, for um, for the Batman universe. So, with that, uh, let's get into our Dark Knight Rises commentary. So, for this one, we're going... From minute 15 to minute 16, so uh, just queue up whatever you got, and let's just do this, all right? So, um, are you guys ready? All set. I t- Corbin, I trust you have a copy ready to watch in your car right now. <laughs> <laughs> my my mixtape. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll just listen to it. <laughs> all right, so three, two, one, hit play. Alfred is walking to the Batcave right now. That's actually almost a perfect uh, spot to start a new segment on. Besides, as we're entering the Batcave, it's the perfect way to start Minute 15. We haven't had too many perfect segues in this minute-by-minute minute commentary. All right, so so we can't say anything from now until until our featured topic, then. Right? Why is that? Because it's the perfect segue. <laughs> oh, 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 you're talking about before that. Yeah, I'm just talking about how <laughs> Alfred entered the Batcave. It was the perfect way to start the minute-by-minute minute podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Dane was like, all right, we're done. Got to end it on a I wonder if that's a fake beard that uh, Christian Bale is wearing. Like Liam Neeson wore for Qui-Gon. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he have extensions, too? I think so, yeah. (laughs) Jedis wear uh, extensions. They can't grow hair with the force. (laughs) Well, the Padawans have that rat tail thing. Yeah, (laughs) Padawan breed. (laughs) No, that that was supposed to be a lot longer than it was. Oh, whoa, I I didn't even notice. We're done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've been done. I already got into Star Wars. <laughs> You're supposed to warn me about that kind of crap, Tim. But we're getting into the great topic of Jedi Padawan Bray. <laughs> we can't even get through a minute of Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Without talking about either A, bad haircuts, or uh, B, Star Wars. And an occasional C of Jaws and a D of Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and, like, uh, today's 4th of July. We're, we're recording this on 4th of July, so just want to tell everybody the Amityville Beach is open. <laughs> At, for so, right now. Yeah, for right now, because the governor needs money. Or the, the mayor needs money for some reason. Um, but anyway, uh, Tim, why don't you uh, tell us about our future topic for this one? Yeah, so we got a tons and <laughs> a bunch of load of new Somewhat official news and just rumor stuff popping up for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. So I figured we'd kind of do a rumor news roundup of all that stuff. And I think we should start off with probably the biggest and most official. Well, I shouldn't say biggest. It kind of depends on what you think of it. But we got our first look at uh, Superman, how he's going to be in 
Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And when this image first came out, I was expecting, or before it came out, I was expecting whenever we did get Superman to look to be something more different because they said they're going to do some tweaks with it. It's going to be a little different for Nana Steel. So when I first saw it, I was like, well, it doesn't look too much different. I mean, he looks more like Superman. I think he has the more slick uh, haircut. That's the classic Superman look. And if anything, I think it's <laughs> so, so it comes down to his haircut. Pretty much. At least that's what I took from it. I don't know if you so, guys... So what's up with you and superheroes' heads? <laughs> so, for, so the Batman ears and that's Alex Superman's hair. <laughs> that's the important things. <laughs> first things first. Now. Right. So I can't wait to see what Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman's going to be like. Is she going to have the TR on there? Is that going to be too small? Is her hair going to be too short? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you guys notice too many differences with this? Because to me, it looks pretty much the same, which is fine by me because I liked how the Man of Steel Superman costume looked. To me, did did it look like he bulked up, like even more? I that was one of the f- things I noted. Like, I don't know if I say like he looked like in the first movie he looked more like cut and ripped, and this he just looked a little thicker. Yeah, yeah, like he gained more weight instead of muscle. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's not a bad thing, but he, no. he, he looks more like um, Ben Affleck does. Yeah, I mean, he the guy's still, stumpy. yeah, the guy's still ripped, but, I mean, he just looked, uh, he had a little bit different body look, like, um, look in his body than, than in the first movie. I guess yeah. him and Ben Affleck are trying to compete with each other. Who's <laughs> 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 the for this movie? <laughs> Which technically yeah, probably um, should be Superman. But yeah, um, you know, besides that, I mean, to me, it looks, I mean, I haven't really looked at every single inch like I did the bat suit, but it it looks the same as the Man of Steel one. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, now, okay, I just want to see Batman in there now. <laughs> it's almost like Batman's probably there, like, on the side, and they just cropped him out or something, <laughs> they're just showing his Superman, and maybe later on, we'll get the reveal of Batman, and then it's really one big image where you see Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and maybe they'll, they're saving that for Comic-Con or something, but it just seems like Batman should be there in that pose <laughs> with Superman. And I heard also heard a lot of speculation, too, that I mean, it could be right, where maybe this, I mean, it could just be for this one shot, that doesn't mean anything, but there are a lot of people are thinking he's actually in Gotham in this uh, picture, because it's, obviously it's more dark, it's rainy, doesn't look as bright and, I guess, uh, well-developed as Metropolis, even in the buildings in the background. It kind of looks more like a run-down city. Yeah, yeah, but he, here's the thing about that. I mean, I, I read that, too, and I was and I was thinking any big city, when it's overcast and raining and it's at night, is going to look the same, right? I mean, there's not going to be that much of a difference. I mean, he's standing on a rooftop, it's hard to see what's below him or whatever, mm-hmm. and... It, it, it's so hard to tell because we haven't seen Gotham yet. What what does the um, Zack Snyder Gotham is gonna look like? So it's impossible to tell. Yeah, but at the same time, I can't help think that. <laughs> at least I'd yeah. like to think it's Gotham just for the heck of it. Because <laughs> we've seen tons of shots with him in Metropolis and the Man of Steel publicity, like posters and pictures and all that stuff. So. I guess right now I'll just think it's Gotham. Yeah, but I mean, the Metropolis kind of looks like Chicago, where they shot um, the Dark Knight. They they kind of look similar, and it's like it's really hard to tell the two apart. So, yeah, but they shot it during the day. Yeah, did it? <laughs> Dark Knight uh, was it one of them? Was it Dark Knight? Where it's a certain stuff they shot in the day, but it was actually like they 
filter him to make it look like night in certain scenes. Or am I getting yeah, confused with something? Probably. Yeah, I thought that was just in China because you can't shoot at night in China or something. Oh, God. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah I was confusing it. But... Yeah. <laughs> oh, because they'd have all the neon stuff going on. You'd be like, oh, that's definitely China as soon as you saw it. <laughs> what would be easier, though, to shoot in the day and make it look night or just filter out all the neon lights and all that stuff <laughs> with CG effects? <laughs> now we're going on a way off tangent topic. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, the image looks cool. <laughs> is his suit brighter in color? I, think I mean, I, I know in person it was brighter than it was on film, but it kind of looked like it was a little, like you could see the logo on his chest a little better. I think and, that was the only thing that looked brighter was the S. Okay. That's about it, to me anyway. Well, that, that's a, I mean, that's a plus. I, I, I hated during the movie, I watched it, it was a couple months back, but I I didn't realize in the theater how dark the logo on his chest looked mm. until I watched it at my house. Uh. <laughs> and it was bothering me, like, the whole time. I was like, oh, well, it's, like, not even really yellow. It's more like a light tan. And then the S, like, the red is, like, a dark, dark maroon. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, like, the blue didn't bother me, but I wish that the yellow and red would have been a little brighter. So I hope they fix that in here. Yeah, I know what you mean. It didn't really bother me, but I'm thinking maybe if the S really is brighter for Batman vs. Superman, and I just watch that and then go back to Man of Steel, <laughs> it might be somewhere. Oh, man, yeah, it is too dark. and <laughs> It looks so much better in the sequel or Batman vs. Superman. But, yeah. Oh, it was a nice surprise to get this image uh, yesterday, I believe it was. But as we're recording this on July 4th, so when I saw it, I was like, now it just got me thinking, okay, are we going to get little teases of stuff before Comic-Con, and then we get like, a bunch of new stuff at Comic-Con, or this it for before Comic-Con, and then we're just going to have to wait for that, because, I mean, if they don't show Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman together at Comic-Con, I think it's going to be a pretty disappointing panel <laughs> if they don't at least show that. <laughs> or they better have tons of other announcements, because, you know, they've got to be pushing this since this is their first movie to come out uh, after Man of Steel, so you think this is going to be their main focus. And who knows if, again, there's that rumored list of, movie titles, who knows if they're going to do that, but you know for certain Batman versus Superman is going to be their main topic, so I'm hoping we'll get the better looks at Batman and Wonder Woman there. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm wondering why they're holding off on, on Wonder Woman, and I mean, I mean, obviously, they're going to sh- probably show it at the Comic-Con thing, but like, I was thinking, Batman is a bigger superhero than Wonder Woman, so, so, so why wouldn't they reveal that at Comic-Con and uh, reveal uh, Wonder Woman uh, whenever. Yeah. I mean, it, is it because we haven't seen her in a movie before? Yeah. That, I was like, oh, I was, was going to say, I think that, and then, like, they've said, I mean, there's so many different variations that you can do with her costume, especially. So I think they're yeah. they're trying to spend a longer amount of time on it to get it just right. Because I'm sure that when they released the Batman photo, I'm pretty sure that they weren't completely done on Wonder Woman costume yet. And I think they probably wanted to get something out, and they knew what they wanted to do with Batman, so... Well, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm just hoping that it's uh, uh, the Wonder Woman with pants and a a jacket on. I hope you're joking. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like the jacket. I mean, if she has pants, fine, but the jacket, yeah, no. (laughs) But I know they have her costume, at least the 
a portion of it fully completed because they did. I remember reading an interview with Zack Snyder where they, there, there is a picture of a shot of them, all three of them together. I remember an inter- interview was saying, "Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it's pretty surreal." So maybe they're doing some tweaks with it. But in this uh, report with the Superman photo in the interview Zack Snyder did with USA Today where it was revealed, he said they haven't shot any scenes with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman yet. So that might be true what you're saying, Corbin. Maybe they have, like, a model they're going off of, but they're still tweaking it before they actually film anything and reveal it just yet. So that might be possible. But uh, <laughs> I guess we'll just segue out of that. Into the <laughs> That's all we got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other bit of news we had for Batman vs. Superman was that it was announced that not for the whole movie, but whether digitally is going to be doing some effects for it. But I can't imagine them not doing the whole movie because for Man of Steel they just did the effects for the intro with on Krypton and that looked awesome. So hopefully they'll do the whole movie this time because I think it'd be a waste just to use them for certain portions and not do it for the whole movie because after ILM they're the next the best visual effects company there is. Yeah, after ILM. After ILM. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't beat them. <laughs> Yeah, for a lot of people, that was their favorite part of the movie was the intro on Krypton, so that'd be great if they're doing the entire thing. I wonder, too, because there's still rumors that we might see Doomsday or maybe some type of alien creature who has to be CG and motion captured, and if that's the case, yeah, you got to use Weta. And I know Andy Serkis is busy in <laughs> a lot of other projects with Star Wars, and you know, I think he's doing Avengers, too. So, But, man, when you look at stuff we're seeing for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Jeez, it just looks awesome. <laughs> so if they're going to do any performance capture stuff and they're already using Weta, hopefully they can use, like, Andy Serkis' uh, his motion capture studio, at least, the Imaginarium, I believe it's called, just to get the best it could be. Don't go, like, a cheaper route or something because when you're making these kind of movies, you just want it to be as best as it could be. You already have a big budget, so let's use it to use the best companies to make it look as good as it can. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody has really connected the dots between uh, Andy Serkis and uh, Weta and Rise of the Planet of the Apes 2 or whatever it's called. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Gorilla Grodd. Of course, he's going to be I... the main villain in Batman v <laughs> Superman. I don't know why nobody has made that connection yet. See, imagine if they do use Gorilla Grodd for something, what, the Flash movie or Justice League or whatever, and they don't use him. <laughs> that would be the biggest waste. <laughs> you know, it's like... In terms of uh, comic book concept, Gorilla Grodd kind of seems like a funny-type villain. But I think if they were to do him in a movie, he would be freaking scary. <laughs> it's got to do with what they're doing with the Planet of the Apes movies. Though. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Just make him real big. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And make him... I mean, you could make him talk, I guess. They don't have to if they don't want to, but... I, I think you do, yeah. <laughs> to kind of just be like this arrogant, like, snob-type guy. Like, I'm smarter than every one of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the other news we had, too, where a new actor has joined the cast, but it's kind of still up in the air of who he's playing. It's uh, Scott McNary, who I believe has worked with Ben Affleck on Argo. So I guess he's pulling in different people from that movie on Batman vs. Superman. So it's just funny, right when this got announced, tons of speculation. Isn't it Scoot McNary? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's Scoop McNary. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. I never heard Scoop before, so I just, it looked like Scott to me. <laughs> but I just remember right when he was announced, everyone, oh, it's going to be Nightwing. He's going to be Dick Grayson. Oh, no, he's going to be Jason Todd. He's going to be like one of the Robins. <laughs> like, that rumor just won't die <laughs> where Dick Grayson is going to 
be in this movie. And then you heard things, oh, wait, maybe he's going to be Kyle Rayner or Hal Jordan, or no, he's going to be The Flash, actually. So it's like, <laughs> when I hear that, it's just, it's probably not, it's probably going to be an sequential character who's not going to have a main role in the movie, but speculation still doesn't stop. But I don't actually don't see him as any of those characters as Nightwing. He looks too old for that. <laughs> I, I actually heard from a reliable source that this guy's going to play John Blake. Wow, they're doing the crossover already. <laughs> you should actually tweet that Corbin and I should. <laughs> Trust me. That and the Batmobile will turn into the Batman Beyond Batmobile and fly. I still want that to be a reality though. <laughs> reliable sources. That's all you have to put, reliable sources. <laughs> Quoted, featured on different websites. <laughs> But yeah, to me, the, this Scoop McNary guy, he, he looks like, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know anything, so I'm just going to say, it, it, it reminds me of a casting like, uh, like, like, he, he's going to be cast as a Daggett type of character, where he's going to be a bad guy, but he's not going to be the bad guy, you know? He's yeah. going to be a bad guy off to the side that is kind of inconse- inconsequential to the whole thing, you know? Yeah. And that kind of leads into, like, the other rumor report that's coming around for like, the last few days where our favorite rumored site, Latino Review, <laughs> saying that there's supposed to be four, they're saying villains, but like you were saying, Dane, just, like, characters who will probably just have minor roles and serve a purpose just for a little portion of the movie. And one of those characters is, like, the crime boss Morgan Edge, and a lot of speculation was going, too, that maybe the Scoot McNary is playing him, kind of like you were saying, just, like, this villain who's like Daggett in the Dark Knight Rises. He serves a purpose just for a little bit, but then he'll be gone like halfway through the movie or something. I think this report, too, was saying he's supposed to be in kind of cahoots with Lex Luthor and LexCorp, or he's supposed to be like a spokesperson or something like that. So uh, we'll see if that ends up being true, because the other characters listed in this report was Zaz and uh, David Kane, and I think they mentioned Amanda Waller, too. So... That seems like a lot, and I'm not buying all of them. But I could see maybe Zaz being, like, when we get our first look at Batman, and he's in Gotham taking down a bad guy, and it just happens to be Zaz, and that's it. But Oh, I see. Yeah, be, yeah because before you said that, I, I was thinking, like, how is Zaz going to fit into a Batman-Superman story? I mean, he's just a guy that's crazy that becomes a serial killer. Yeah. Like, how is he going to fit into the big picture, but now that you mention it, yeah, I can kind of see him like, you know, Batman's tracking him down, beats him up, and puts him in prison or something. Yeah, he gets a kryptonite knife. So. And he's going to take out Superman. <laughs> It'll come back to him some way at the end. <laughs> his ass on a bigger role than we thought. I'm not too familiar with this David Kane guy. I mean, the description for him in the movies is said it's one of his deadliest assassins who meets with Luthor's bodyguard, Mercy, to set up an assassination. So, that's it. <laughs> are you are you guys familiar with David Kane? I haven't read anything with him in it, so I, I know next to nothing about him, except he's Cassandra Kane's dad. Yeah, I mean, we're guys we're looking at, like, bad DC fans here. <laughs> Not knowing yeah. much about him. But, that know, and like, he's in the League of Assassins. That, that, and I, that's all I know about him. It looks like Cable, though, from X-Men. Just <laughs> <laughs> get my eye patch. I was thinking, like, Fury or something. <laughs> yeah. And this picture I'm looking at him right now is Alpha does look like something a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent would wear. <laughs> yeah. 
But All right, so, so, so here's the new rumor, okay? Gal Gadot is playing Wonder Woman, right? We all know that. But she's secretly Cassandra Cain. Uh, <laughs> see that? And she becomes Batgirl, and, you know, everything is beautiful. <laughs> She'll be Wonder Batgirl or something. <laughs> Wonder Bat. <laughs> I, I think that Simpsons episode was Homer's bad. <laughs> but what's funny about this story, it was two days afterwards, and this leads into a whole other big thing, where another report saying someone was kind of going off this Latino review report, and they were saying how, well, we actually seen the script, and I think we have other characters that are going to be in this movie that are different from Latino reviews, and they were saying Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, and Kyle Reiner, they're going to be in the movie, not necessarily the characters we were just talking about. And everyone was kind of speculating, okay, this is <laughs> getting a little out of control. But then late yesterday, a report came out where there's a rumor going around, and it might be legit, who knows, that DC commissioned Kevin Smith to write a fake script, to put it out there so it could leak, and then it can throw everybody off course to let the actual script for the movies is going to be, and then everyone will be led astray. <laughs> and when I heard that, I was like, wow, are they really doing that? That's a little too crazy, but at the same time, I think that would be awesome if they did that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm hoping that's true, because it would be really funny to mess with all these scoop sites. What would be sad if it's, is if someone actually ended up liking Kevin Smith's version instead. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be funny up until that happened. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though. Like, you probably purposely put, like, Jason Todd, Kyle Ryan, all these DC characters that fanboys would love to see, but, you know, just wouldn't work in the movie. <laughs> and then it'll just throw attention off from what they're really doing. And without, when I heard that, though, I was thinking, well, if that was their plan, it probably was a little too soon to have this leak or have it get out that <laughs> Kevin Smith's fake script was just to throw you off when they barely just started filming, and then people will know not to look at that, and they'll just go back to trying to find the real one or get scoops and not pay attention to whatever Kevin Smith's fake script was. But regardless if it is if it, that is accurate or not, I just think it's funny that just the potential of that idea is going around because that could be a new precedent that DC setting. Maybe their movies won't work out the same as Marvel, but as far as throwing people off course and keeping things secrets, maybe they'll be the best in that regard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... I mean, maybe I'm the only person, but uh, and, and it's probably because I'm not a writer, but he, here's the problem I have with the, the Robin rumor. You know, it started by a Latino review and, you know, whatever. But here's the problem I have with it. I don't see how Robin, you know, any of the Robins can serve a Batman v Superman movie. Yeah. I, I don't see how it can possibly make it better besides, you know, seeing a Robin on the screen. Um, and I just don't see how it can serve the, the story whatsoever. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, really, all they can do is just mention him by name and just do a past reference to him. Mention Dick Grayson or Jason Todd or Tim or Knight. We just, like, mention the name. That's all you have to do. You can establish them that they exist in this universe, but you don't necessarily have to see them. Or, or maybe they're trying to set up the Batman, the supposed Batman movie, with Ben Affleck in what 2018 was it? I think it was 2019. According to the, <laughs> yeah, according to that that uh, film schedule release thing or whatever it's called. 
Um, but, but yeah, I mean, maybe it's because I'm not a writer, but I, I just don't see how having Robin in a Batman vs. Superman movie can possibly make the movie better. Besides the fact that, you know, it's like, oh my god, there's Dick, there's Dick Grayson, or D- there's Tim Drake, or there's, you know, Jason. Or what they could even do, I mean, if they really want to have his presence be there, they could just have him in a little bit. Bruce is in the Batcave, getting ready to go in Metropolis, and you see a kid walk down, like, oh, like, let me come with you. He's like, no, I have to do this alone, it's too dangerous, or whatever. He doesn't have to say his name, but you know who that is. And Batman goes to Metropolis, and you're not in Gotham anymore, or the Batcave, and you don't see him in again. I mean, that could be a nice little Easter egg or nod to the fans without yeah. having to not drag down the story at all. Yeah, but according to the rumor, it's supposed to be, you know, a big part of Bruce's life, right? I think the original rumor said that, you know... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Dick Grayson, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dick Grayson and Bruce haven't haven't really talked, and, you know, it's a big problem or something. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I could just mention something like that and then save it for the 2019 movie, if that's accurate, but I agree with you. This is a Batman versus Superman movie, and with Wonder Woman and some other characters in there too. So, <laughs> to have Nightwing or Dick Grayson be a central, play a central figure into the story would just be too much, I think. So, yeah, yeah. And w- which rumor did you hear more about on Twitter on on the internet? Period. The the Aquaman rumor and uh, what's his name? Um, Jason Momoa uh-huh. or um, or either Nightwing or Robin. I think the Aquaman rumor. Yeah, (laughs) definitely the Aquaman. (laughs) Well, I mean, if Jason Momoa is playing Aquaman, I hope he dyes his hair blonde because, I mean, that blonde hair is like a quarter of Aquaman's character. I don't think they will, though. Not the bright blonde. They might have, like, be dirty blonde. (laughs) I don't think they're going to go that route. (laughs) I think they should just give him dreads. (laughs) Looks like a bum. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. A bum. <laughs> Pretty sure he's gonna go shirtless. Yeah. They're not gonna give awesome. they're not gonna give him the orange costume. He might have green pants or something. But the dude's going shirtless. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a You heard it here first. <laughs> Alright, so so we have a blonde, dreadlocked, uh shirtless. Homeless Aquaman in <laughs> <laughs> Batman v Superman. <laughs> With uh, Gal Gadot being Batgirl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if, if Warner Brothers wants to screw up this movie really, really badly, they should ask us. Yes, I was going to say, they should hire us to write the fake script. We're going to get tons of submissions from people. We'll write your fake script or we'll write the fake script. <laughs> Like we're not even going to focus on plot. We're just going to throw as many characters as we can. Yeah. Can <laughs> <laughs> I get the whole DC encyclopedia book and just pick out characters? We're going to have Killer Moth and Condiment King. Yeah. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I actually want DC really bad to do a book where it's like a bunch of crappy villains. <laughs> that, I think that would be enough. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. They already do. It's called Batgirl. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> but a well-deserved one, I think. 
Yeah, so that was pretty much the news and rumor stuff for the Batman v Superman the last few weeks, and I just can't wait for Comic-Con to get here, so hopefully we can get some official confirmation stuff. I'm just worried we're going to get our expectations high and they're not going to reveal anything. <laughs> I mean, there's rumors going around, too, that they might show some footage of what they had filmed so far, but who knows? I'll be shocked if they do that. I mean, that's not their style, either, to show clips of a movie two years away. So so what if Comic-Con or, or the Comic-Con panel comes about and they announce that Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, isn't a legal thriller. It's not a superhero <laughs> movie now. It's a superhero musical. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, the, the crowd's going to erupt in shears, right? <laughs> yeah. And not only is that movie going to be a musical, but all those movies on that schedule are going to be musicals. <laughs> That's their way to differentiate their movies from Marvel. <laughs> Make them all musicals. <laughs> and Wonder Woman is secretly a Disney princess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, they'll get sued by Disney and Marvel. <laughs> if you can't beat them... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's funny that you're bringing up the... The title for Batman be Superman. Now it's not a political or courtroom thriller. Yeah. <laughs> Zack Snyder did say in that interview that why it was called V Superman, not versus Superman. It was because he wanted to get the point across where the whole movie's not going to be Batman versus Superman, leading to everyone to expect that they're going to team up, you know, work together. So that's why they took the verse, the S out, to make it like the versus part isn't the main focus of the movie. But. To me, you should just took it all out. Just call it Batman and Superman, Don of Justice. Or Slash. Put yeah. Slash in there. <laughs> the V just sounds stupid. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know a lot of people complain about the Don of Justice, but that's the least uh, thing uh, I don't like about the title. It's not V. Just get rid of the V. <laughs> it's just awkward to say. Yeah, everyone still calls it Batman versus Superman. Anyway. Yeah. Batman v Superman. It just it, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't like colons, so you know, after <laughs> Batman v Superman colon Donald Justice, I, I just don't like colons. <laughs> That's how you're gonna say it at the theater, right? Yeah. So Batman v Superman colon. What movie did you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah. so there's our rent up for Batman v Superman stuff. So I'm yeah. going to try to say it right, but <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Oh, yeah, we can move on to our news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. I was just cruising over here. Um, yeah, so we can move, move on to some news. So uh, Carol Kane, uh, she joins the Gotham TV show, and she's, she's going to be playing Penguin's mom. I didn't know Penguin um, was going to have a mom, and, you know... It, it's just like a weird thing. Like, why Penguin's mom? You know what? Like, like, like of all things, like, why Penguin's mom? I kind of see what you're saying, but I'm actually kind of looking forward to it, just because I'm hoping they kind of do what they did with Penguin, uh, Pride and Prejudice, Pain and Prejudice, or Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I think it was Pain and Prejudice. But anyway, I just love you know how Penguin was like such a mama's boy in that story. Now we do anything for her. It even had her like. 
her body still in his room, even though after she dies, he was just obsessed with his mother, so just kind of <laughs> adding. That's not a funny. I mean, I know what it's happened. True, I, yeah. yeah, 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 I know what happened, but it just sounds funny when it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> but it had I was like, like, what in the world? <laughs> Anyone who read the story knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Because it, it did have that creepy factor when you were reading it. It's like, man, what is this guy doing? <laughs> so if they go that way, this adds more to how messed up the Penguin's going to be in the future. Now, I'm all for having his mother be in this series. And she, the girl who was casting it, Carol Kane, she does look like she could be Oswald Cobblepot's mother. But she does look like the guy they have playing the Penguin now in the show. So uh, hoping they go that route. They might be something totally different. But I'm definitely looking forward to see where they're going to go with that story aspect for Penguin. I really like the name Gertrude. Yeah. <laughs> Here is the penguin, mob boss extraordinaire, and his mom Gertrude. Yeah. <laughs> that, that just sounds like the name Penguin's mother would be. It's like, of course. <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember that was his mother's name in uh, Pain and Prejudice now, but... I don't think I'm going <laughs> to recall it. <laughs> All right, so um, next up we have uh, the Batman 66 show. It's uh, coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD. Um, when is it coming, Tim? Oh, uh, November. Oh, no. A special San Diego Comic-Con panel on Thursday, July 24th from 6 o'clock to 7 p.m. in Hall H., so make sure you get there if you're going to Comic Con because you know s- screw Batman v Superman, <laughs> screw that panel. They're not going to announce anything. Don't worry about it. Go to this. Go to Hall H at six to seven on July 24th because that's going to be the big announcements, right, Tim? Oh, if they don't have Adam West and Burt Ward there, then what's the point of that panel? <laughs> this is where it's at. <laughs> But have you seen Burt Ward recently? No. He's fat. He got fat. Fatter than usual because I know he was kind of heavy before. Oh, no, no, because I haven't really seen any interviews with him, um, you know, in the current or in the last 10 years, right? So uh, I just saw an image of him and he, he got fat. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like it's, it's, it's one of those cases where it's like, what happened to you? Uh, what happened to uh, Burt Ward? Did you eat Burt Ward? Ward? <laughs> or, like, did it... I don't know. But I think anyway. him, and, him and Val Kilmer probably got together. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he's pretty big, too. <laughs> what happened to Val Kilmer? I mean, I, I mean, first it was that ponytail and heat. And now it's... He's, like, 300 pounds. <laughs> I love that picture. And he's, like, all chubby. And he's looking around the corner. It's like, hey... I used to be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> the crack Batman. Yeah, that's something to be proud of. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, all right. So, uh, well, anyway, hopefully, uh, hopefully, people actually show up to that panel. So, do you guys do this trailer convince you to get the Blu-rays at all, or is it something you're going to get anyway? Because to me, I just figured as a Batman fan, it's something I should have, but it's like. I don't know if I'll ever watch them. <laughs> oh, I watch them on Saturdays when oh, I have yeah. the chance. Like, they air them on TV. I don't know that I would buy it unless it was pretty cheap because, they, I mean, they play them on TV, so. Yeah, it looks like from, I get trailer, my from that trailer they showed, it looks like they cleaned it up really good, but. 
I just can't help but watch them go, like, uh, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, I, have, I have so much fun watching it. I totally get that, but it's like, because uh, I used to watch it all the time as a kid. It was probably the first Batman show I ever watched as a kid, so it definitely got me hooked as a fan as a young kid, but looking back on it now, it's like, uh, why'd they go this route? <laughs> I didn't even start watching it until recently, and it's kind of like watching Batman and Robin, but they have more of an excuse. Yeah, definitely. I feel like. So it's I just sit there and laugh at it the whole time, like, oh, this is awesome. Why are they doing that? What is going on? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> it's kind of like a love-hate thing with this show because it's such a campy, goofy show. You hate seeing Batman and Robin like that, but at the same time, it pretty much saved Batman. It saved the comics from being canceled. It revitalized the character, even though it was the wrong version of the characters. But you kind of <laughs> got to have your respect for for what it did for Batman and its place in the history. So it's like kind of that love-hate relationship for this whole Adam West 60s show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up we have uh, the new or the two new TV titles. So, um, uh, Corbin, you don't really have to say anything for this because I'll just read your comment. Um, I I forgot I left a comment (laughs) Corbin says I'm really excited about both of these Especially Gotham Academy This is so different Than what DC has been doing Since the N52 That alone Has me pumped For what is to come So that's what Corbin thinks Uh, But anyway yeah, We got two new titles First one is called Arkham Manor Or no excuse me Gotham Academy and it's set at Gotham City's most prestigious prep school, of which Bruce Wayne is a leading benefactor. No indication has been given yet that other of these books will be set in the New 52 universe. The universe of the Arkham games, or a completely separate continuity of their own. And our uh, second book is Arkham Manor, and it's going to be written by Jerry Dugan and drawn by Sean Crystal. Have I heard of these people? The name um, sound familiar to me. Jerry Dugan is working on Deadpool and Nova and a couple of other books for Marvel right now. No. And no wonder I didn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Gotham Academy is going to be written by Becky Cloonan and Brendan, Brendan Fletcher and drawn by Carl Kershaw. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. That's That's completely accurate. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Gotham Academy... It's going to come out on October 1st, and Arkham Manor is going to come out on October 22nd. So, you guys looking forward to this? I, I'm i not really looking forward to this. I mean, besides the fact that Becky Cloonan is going to uh, write some of the... Or write, uh, what is it, uh, Gotham Academy? I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you, Dane. Sorry, Corbin, but <laughs> these two titles are going to get excited. <laughs> If anything, maybe Arkham Manor, that sounds a little bit interesting, but Gotham Academy just didn't really grab me with its premise. I mean, like, Becky Cloonan, I know she's a great artist, but it doesn't say she's drawing the book. So, I guess, I don't know if this is her first crack at writing, I'm not sure, but just the premise of it didn't grab me. It's almost like that, remember that rumor, or it wasn't rumored, it was actually in pre-production, that Gotham High TV show animated series. I know it's not going to be like that, because it doesn't sound like it's going to be actual characters, Batman characters and villains when they're younger, but I just got that vibe when I heard Gotham Academy, so I don't know. I'm kind of hoping it's not set in the New 52 universe. I don't think it is because it sounds like their own thing, because I don't think Wayne Manor is going to become Arkham Asylum anytime soon in the New 52. There's been no hints of that, so I'm kind of guessing they're just going to be their own continuity, but... 
Yeah. It just didn't grab me when I heard these announcements. So I don't know. Maybe if they get really good reviews and I hear good word of mouth about them, I'll pick one up. But right now, it just didn't grab my attention to get excited for it. It's another Grayson for you? No, I'd rather pick these up than Grayson. I'll give it that. (laughs) (laughs) I am freaking pumped about these. I'm... It's so different than anything else in that DC's putting out right now. That's true. Um, I actually was thinking that they did announce that it, um, probably after this article was published, that it is in continuity with the new 52. Uh. Ah. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's mostly why I'm so excited because they're not just, um, completely separate stories. Like we're just telling the story, like which I'm perfectly fine with. Well, it should be interesting but, then with Arkham Manor to see how that plays out to what's going on with um, Batman Eternal, because that'll still be going on. It'll just be smack in the middle of that series when Arkham Manor comes out, so I don't know how it's going to tie into there. Yeah. I don't know. It acts like something happens to Arkham. It'll probably be in Batman Eternal is probably what I was thinking. Um, but then the Gotham Academy. Have you guys seen Carl uh, Kershaw's artwork? No. Um, Maybe I have, but the name's not ringing a bell to me. Okay. I I, I haven't read any of his stuff, but I went and looked it up, um, like typed in his name and saw what he's done. Um, If you've read Teen Titans Year One, uh, he did that. Um, And he's done several other books. Uh, I think he did a recent um, Batman Superman. I think it was issue 10 with Jeff Lemire. Um, Okay. He has, like, a very cartoony, animated style. Um, he draws kids' characters very well, which is why, I mean, he did good on, on Teen Titans Year One. So I'm really looking forward to both of these books just to, to see what they have to bring. Oh, Tim, Tim. Yeah. I had a uh, – I was listening to um, uh, The Saga Continues. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> <a> left turn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Meanwhile, let me say this, me say this about the new the two new titles first before I get to the saga continues. Um, I've been really disappointed with DC DC's recent announcements. You know, pretty much this whole year. Um, I mean, especially that dumb selfie one, the selfie covers. Oh yeah, uh, I totally forgot about that. Like, oh, really? those are variants, aren't they? Yeah. So that's yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy variants, so I'm like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but it just sounds stupid. It's so gimmicky. Like, <laughs> but you don't have to buy them. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds dumb when I read that. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it didn't help that they were pimping it on their um, on their Twitter account, <laughs> their official website and stuff. So, um, yeah, so this is just another disappointment for me. But anyway, moving on to something a little more happier, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was listening to uh, The Saga Continues, um, and you know how you guys were talking about the voice of the Inquisitor being, or the, the voice actor of the Inquisitor, um, you, you know, uh, they're not really releasing the name yet? Uh-huh. What if it's Sam Whitmer? That would be awesome, but yeah. with that little clip we did hear of him in the trailer, it didn't sound like Sam Whitworth to me. Uh, that would be awesome, yeah. though. But it's cool that Sam Whitworth, I don't know if we talked about this before, but he's doing the, going to be doing a DC animated movie 
the the next one, the uh, Throne of Atlantis. I think he's going to be playing Ocean Master, which is cool that he's in it, but just kind of wish he was playing someone else besides Ocean Master. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine if, like, uh, like let's say Kevin Conroy gives it up, right? Uh, and they, they pick Sam Woodward to do it. Yeah, yeah that's right. We were talking about this before in an email like, about different voice actors, and you said Sam Woodward is Batman. I was like, yep, that's uh, who I yeah. want to see. <laughs> My gosh, you, you just said, what if Kevin Conroy quit? And... My stomach. I just got sick to my stomach yeah. immediately. <laughs> Not well, even kidding. <laughs> unfortunately, you're going to hate this next piece of news. Because oh, no. Unfortunately, um, Tim, bring out your Kleenex uh, now. Yeah. Bob Hastings, Commissioner Gordon, passed away. It's another Batman the Animated Series voice actor that unfortunately passed away this year. I know. This is happening too much recently. It is. They're from Zimbalist Jr. passing away. And the year before, we had Michael and Sarah. And now we have Bob Hastings, who was absolutely pitch perfect as Commissioner Gordon. I mean, you say this about almost every voice actor for Batman the Animated Series, but I still hear his voice whenever I read Gordon in comics. <laughs> Me too. The, even in the New 52, he looks younger, but I still hear that voice. It's just perfect. Uh, just, yeah, I was bummed when I heard that. Are you crying, Corbin? I am. Sounds like yeah. <laughs> uh, oh gosh. Uh, same same with Tim. I mean I, I read Commissioner Gordon in this guy's voice. Like it was so spot on. Like anyone else who does it, it just it's not right. It's everyone like in all the different D C animated movies, a lot of it just sounds generic, like a generic voice death for a Gordon. But Bob mm-hmm. Hastings just brought so much like depth and warmth to it. I mean, to me, I think it's the greatest episode. I'm sure a lot of people agree was over the edge with how he reacted to Barbara's yes. death and just the emotion and then violent hate he had for Batman after it was just awesome. So yeah, when when you hear a lot of people trying to do an act, uh, voice acting, sometimes when they're trying to put emotion in it, like when they're in a sad, depressing state or when they're in a happy state, you can you kind of go, okay, they're trying to convey this emotion. But with this guy, when he was playing a sad part, you felt bad for him, for Commissioner Gordon as as a character. And then when he was hot on his, on his high, when he was really happy, you were were like, all right, he's having a good time, which I mean, he's in Gotham. So that didn't happen very often. But I mean, this guy put so much feeling behind his voice acting. It, It was just so great. Yeah, he was up there as one of, like, the main characters I just couldn't see anyone else doing, but, yeah, just bummed. And now, just, like, a lot of these older actors are doing are just passing away, and you just think, oh, man, I just don't even want to think of the day of Kevin Conroy. <laughs> Mark Hamill was like, uh, I think I might be put to the grave if I hear that news. <laughs> man, uh, will you actually cry, Tim? I probably will shed a tear. No, no, on this podcast. I know. <laughs> Well, I will skip that podcast. I'm taking a leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, Don't anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, hopefully Alex can cheer us up because we're pretty, or Tim's on the verge of tears and uncontrollable crying. And it's, I don't want to embarrass him, you know. And I'm not going to cut it out, but I don't want to embarrass him, so hopefully uh, Alex can cheer us up. So, uh, 
So Alex says, hello, gents. The episode was great as always. I was happy to hear Batcross's thoughts on the Batman universe. I checked out some of his deviant art, and he is incredibly gifted. I'm sure he'd be uh, very happy to hear that, right, Tim? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he would. I know he's proud of himself. I mean, what artist wouldn't want to hear that? (laughs) Yeah. And he says, Tim, your enthusiasm for the Batman exhibit made my day. Made my day. I'm glad you discussed it on the podcast because I missed your report on the website. The pictures you posted are incredible, and with the combination of hearing your commentary, I felt like I was right there at the exhibit. Awesome. I'm glad I was able to put the, have it convey that you were there. That's cool, because I got tons and tons of pictures. So I try to get the, all the stuff was there to make it feel like whoever's reading that can get the, not quite the full experience, but the experience of enough of what's actually present at the Batman exhibit. So glad you enjoyed it, Alex. Where was I? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm happy to hear you guys are so excited about the rumored lineup. I still can't believe how close we are to seeing all these characters on the big screen. Hopefully we'll see some cool footage at San Diego Comic-Con. I really appreciate your comic reviews because the only Batman book I'm reading now is Snyder's. And it helps to keep me up to date. I'm still reading other books that Batman appears in like Justice League and and boy, was that last issue good. I hope they don't give Luther some memory wipe where he forgets Batman's secret identity and that he finally sees through Clark's glasses disguise. (laughs) (laughs) It's very sad that everyone in Metropolis has a cognitive disorder of face perception. (laughs) 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 I'm very curious how they handle that in Batman v Superman. Uh, And and he has some questions. His first question is, what comic book villains do you find more interesting than the hero? I've always enjoyed Lex Luthor more than Superman. Deathstroke over Nightwing. Magneto over Xavier. Xavier. Uh, Yeah, because it's Xavier, right? It's not Xavier. Yeah. Azamadale over the Watchmen. (laughs) And Darkseid over the New Gods. So uh, let's go with Corbin, since Corbin um, had to go in his car to escape the fireworks. I'm actually back inside now, so... Oh. Never mind, let's go with Tim then. Because, <laughs> Corbin, you need to go back into your car. How dare you leave the car? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Cor- Corbin, why don't you take that hmm. question first? Man, I, I don't know, just reading that initially, um, as far as Batman villains, um, I think the most interesting uh, villains that might even be surpass Batman in that, is to me Two Face and Mr. Freeze, the animated series version. There you go, right? <laughs> I hate I hate you, Corbin. I really do. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I, I've read the the Long Halloween, and that made me fall in love with the Two Face character. And I don't know. I. Uh, there's there's several that he listed here. Um, the Magneto versus or over Xavier. I, I prefer him. Uh, Magneto. He's yeah. a really interesting character. Oh, this one was pretty tough. Yeah, I don't know. Alex listed a lot that I wouldn't do. <laughs> like you said, Corbin, the Magneto one. Like that's, that's to me anyway. Like one of the best villains out there who really has a complex backstory and one that kind of rivals the heroes that you're rooting for too. So that definitely was a good one. And 
I can give cop-out answers like uh, the Joker, <laughs> which everyone could play, even Darth Vader in Star Wars or Palpatine. But, <laughs> yeah, I would say I would put Sinestro up there, too. He's a villain who has a complex backstory that did motivations that makes you question, well, maybe he is actually doing the right thing and, like, the heroes are kind of holding him back. But at the same time, you still know he's a bad guy, too, and the heroes can't let him do what he's doing. But it does at least make you think. So I'd put Sinestro up there, too. I'll make a confession and say right now that I've never read a Green Lantern book. Uh, good thing my brother's not going to listen. I have read Red Lanterns since Charles Soule has come on. And I plan on going back and, and reading some Green Lantern. But Red Lanterns I haven't read in a while. I picked that up when the New 52 first started, but man, didn't last too great. So I heard it got real good. but It got very good once Charles Soule took over. I would suggest trying it out. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> hmm. Uh, can I say Parallax over uh, the Hell Jordan Green Lantern? From the movie? No. Yeah, I'm probably going to say that because <laughs> not from the movie. Of <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll defend that movie a lot, but I will say Parallax. Yeah, that wasn't a good portrayal of Parallax. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I, I, I read that one Green Lantern comic, the hardcover. Uh, I, I can't remember what it's called, so life of me. But, yeah, that that really, that was a really good one. So I'm probably going to say Parallax over Hal Jordan. Um, but his second question is, in general, do you prefer, wait, I have to uh, check out his other email. He sent two emails? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, that was from the first question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the second question is, in general, do you, do you prefer heroes, anti-heroes, or villains? And why do you gravitate to that type of character over the others? I prefer heroes because I always have admiration for those who overcome great adversity and uphold a strong set of morals. Ever since I was a child, I always tried to take inspiration from good versus evil stories to help me get through tough times. So, uh, Tim... Yeah, I'm going to agree with Alex here. It's hard not to, <laughs> for me anyway, not to go with just the straight-up heroes, pretty much for the reasons he said. And sure, sometimes the anti-heroes can be the more cooler characters or the ones that you think are just do the cool stuff and stories and have the best lines and have the cool powers and all that stuff. But it's really the true-and-true true heroes that, you tend, that I tend to root for at the end of the day for the stories. And I, I put Batman in there. I mean, some people can maybe consider an anti, anti-hero, but just because his methods are dark, you know he's still a hero down to the core, and he would never do anything that's kind of would cross the line or make him an anti-hero. So, yeah, I'm in agreement with Alex 100%. What about you, Corbin? With, with Tim, I think Batman is a hero in an anti-hero disguise. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> he puts on the idea that he's an anti-hero, but he's really not. Um, in terms of the question, I, I can't say that I prefer one over the other because in terms of my comic book collection, I have a pretty good, um, equal number of pretty much all of these. I I love reading stories about the classic heroes. Um, I enjoy reading, um, the ones about anti-heroes just because they're conflicted within themselves 
as to what they're going to commit to, and it offers them to, in one story, uh, hold up their morals and be a hero, and then next thing you know, they could be struggling with something completely different um, that might be questionable. And then getting inside the head of a, a villain, I think, is is really interesting in terms of its concept. And, and from what I've read from, from villain stories, I've really enjoyed. Um, Marvel's current Magneto comic has been awesome. Uh, I've heard good things about the Sinestro comic, which is done by the same writer. Um, and then Forever Evil, I really enjoyed. So. Yeah. I mean, there's there's several. I mean, I feel like any story. It doesn't matter what the character is like, as long as it's good. I love it. So, but uh, his third question is: If you could read an origin series like Snyder Zero Year for any fictional character, who would you choose? Tim, you can't say Darth Vader. I won't, but I have one in mind already. <laughs> uh, so, so who would you pick, uh, Corbin? Condiment King. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to know how he got all those different condiments into his guns. And <laughs> yeah, I want to see the guy put some hot sauce in a machine gun and just squirt hot sauce in people's eyes. <laughs> That's what I want to see. That was, that was the best part of that episode to me. It's the condiment. <laughs> the, the way he got rid of that guy trying to stand up to him, he just squirted a packet of hot sauce perfectly into his mouth. <laughs> I'm super serious. I really want to pitch a comic for DC. Of, of just these low, no-name villains, <laughs> Condiment King being one of them. And then I'd have Lord Deathman, and he'd just play possum and die whenever <laughs> there was trouble, and then come back to life later. Well, those other characters in that episode was a uh, pack rat and Mighty <laughs> <laughs> A rat catcher and killer mo- I got There's so many to choose from. <laughs> well, like what Dave was saying with all the other announcements, DC was making. Maybe they could do uh, a villain book like that. That could be one of their selfie covered <laughs> issues or something. Hey, DC, just give me a call. <laughs> I'm I'm right here. This bursting with great ideas. <laughs> but for me, mine is one I've said it before and I say it again. I want to see a Yoda origin story so bad. <laughs> I know tons of people always say that, oh, it's better that his origin's a mystery. I don't want to see him that way. I just like seeing him as a wise old Jedi teacher. But like, no, I want to see him as a Jedi Padawan in his prime, what struggles he had to go to, go through as he be- became a Jedi Master. And he, there's almost 800 years worth of stories they could tell <laughs> and what he went through in his life. And I'm dying to see that. So I, I'm all on board. For I have a question. I have a question about Yoda. Let's hear it. All right. So, you know, um, people will, you know, we grow and get taller up until a certain age. Mm-hmm. And then we get in our later years and then our, our body starts deteriorating, our bones kind of give in, and we start to shrink a little bit. Was Yoda taller? See, that's the thing I want to find if out. If so, <laughs> was he like, at one point, was he like six foot tall? But he lived so long, he just shrunk so much. Man, what does that be a weird <laughs> take on it? That's the thing. We don't know. That's what I want to find the answers to. What is the species? What is the species like that aren't Jedi? All those questions I want answered in a Yoda origin story, whether it's a movie or books. I just want to find out. <laughs> I know it might be a awesome. lot of that, but uh, it's not what I'm dying to see. 
That's great because his origin, like you said, could last for like 800 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a show. <laughs> That's about Yoda. That'd be great. Uh, for me, and I'm being 100% serious on this, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I, I was watching the uh, the Clone Wars Mando arc, uh-huh. and I really want to see an origin for um, uh, Bo-Katan. Yeah, that would be cool. She, she is so cool. And you know Dave Filoni has a story out there for her, but <laughs> who knows about yeah. to see it. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta start watching Clone Wars, Corbin. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, at least now I know what's from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, because you never see her again. I mean, you you, you see her when Obi Wan leaves Mandalore, and you don't see her again. So I'm just wondering, like, where did she come from? How come she went with Death Watch and Satine went or became the Duchess Mandalore? Yeah. All that crap. So so probably Bo-Katan. All right, I I got one now. A real one, not condiment. <laughs> you mean serious? <laughs> no, I, I'd love to do it, but um, okay. One of my favorite characters I've I've read this year that is a completely new character I've never read before. Frankenstein. I think he's awesome. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's because Be, I only read the two issues of him in Batman and Robin, but I wish I been, needed. <laughs> he's been awesome in Future's End. He's been awesome. He was awesome in Justice League Dark. I, I haven't read that in a while. But the guy is cool. And, you know, he was you know, cre- created a long time ago. So yeah, that'd be a cool origin story to see. And he was then, part of the original lineup for the New 52 books, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Jeff Lemire wrote it, and that'd be great if he could write it again. Are you sure it's not um, I, Frankenstein? Crappy um, <laughs> movie that was based on that comic. Starring Harvey Dent. Yeah, starring Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you, Alex, for your question. You're the man. Uh, we like you more than Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, Corbin doesn't send us emails. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I will post my Vader versus. To you now. Yes, I'll if you hear. want. All right, Darth Vader versus Super Mario. Oh. <laughs> Hold on, this isn't as ridiculous as it sounds. All right, I want to hear this. <laughs> All right, it's the Mario from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Mario can get superpowers. All right. Okay. So he gets the giant mushroom. Uh huh. He gets himself the raccoon flying, I don't even know what that is. Uh-huh. He gets himself the invincible star, and, and Darth Vader can't do anything to him for at least a couple seconds. Yeah, I don't think... And then he's true. got the fireball. Mario's unstoppable. I don't think that star power is going to protect him from a force choke. <laughs> Maybe from physical damage, but when it's through the force and he's choking him, I think it'll the force will break I, that star power. It wouldn't. I don't think Force Choke would work, but he could keep him at a disc. I think you just hold him back until it ran out, and then Force choked him. <laughs> yeah, you definitely yeah, Force push him away for a little bit. What am I? I'm helping you. What the heck is wrong? Yeah, no, Mario. <laughs> Vader doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> what is this? Your Force try and another fail. <laughs> hey, hey, Magneto won. That was a tie. I'm standing by that one. I still stand by a tie. 
I gotta defend this. Uh, (laughs) Keep trying, Corbin. Keep trying. (laughs) People are like, why isn't he using Star Wars characters? Well, it's the obvious answer. I want to find someone else. Yeah, Luke is the answer to that question, but. (laughs) Yeah, that's too easy. (laughs) But Mario was a good try, I'll give you that. But I think Dane, you might be right. If it was the movie Mario, it would just like Vader would just be so dumbfounded by it. <laughs> <laughs> what the crap is this? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he would get a victory. <laughs> what about Penguin's mom versus Darth Vader? <laughs> Gertrude. Watch out for Gertrude, guys. Um. <laughs> uh, there used to be a Sith Lord named Gertrude now. <laughs> it was Penguin's mom. <laughs> hey, we haven't seen her episode with Gotham yet, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. She, I'm going to look. That'd be awesome if she just whips out a lightsaber at some point. <laughs> oh, man. The, the show will jump the shark but only after two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that... I guess we can get into our comic book review. So, spoilers, spoilers, there's a lot of spoilers in here, so that's all you need to know. So, if you haven't read your books, you might want to come back to this part after you have read your books. Or, if, if you're like Alex, and you only read Batman, and you don't read the other books, you can just spoil, your, spoil yourself on this part. Because, you know, n- nobody cares about Batwing anymore. And nobody cares about Catwoman. So uh, I hope not. I reviewed, I reviewed those. You actually reviewed Catwoman? I must have missed that one. Yeah, I reviewed it. Yeah. I hope you didn't give it a higher than a half a, half a point or something. Um, I think I may have gave it one and a half or one or something like that. Well, good still to know, low. Good to know it's still the same quality as when we left it. They were racing in, like, the desert just randomly. I don't know what was going on. A foot race? No, like they, that one or Catwoman pulls out a car, like a tur- like this turbocharged car, and goes racing through the desert. Oh, I, <laughs> that's I as best as I can explain it to I you don't guys. I don't want to know <laughs> why she's doing that. And like, who who is the editor on that book? Yeah, why are they still? Why do they still? With he John gets he gets this book every month, and he's like, "What the? Okay." And he's just <laughs> like, "I don't even know. Just print it." <laughs> but anyway, uh, for this for this week or for this episode, we're covering the weeks of June twenty fifth and July second. So for July twenty fifth or June twenty fifth. We have Batman number 32 and Justice League number 31. And for July 2nd, we have Batman Eternal Recap issues 12 and 13. And our rating scale for this episode is going to be a terrible... (coughs) (laughs) 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 Yeah, I shouldn't eat and podcast it. Um... And a rating scale for this episode is going to be terrible scripts that uh, DC editorial receives. Is that it? Because I, I was terrible Catwoman ideas I get through DC editorial. Oh, okay. That's going to be our rating scale then. All right. So, uh, Corbin, which book do you want to take first? Uh, I'll do Batman 32. 
Go for it. All right. Um, do you want me to just read my review? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it must be in your own words. That's not All right. <laughs> well, it wasn't my own words. <laughs> no, I'll freshen it up. Um, see, it opens up. There's a homeless dude sitting out playing a ukulele, and I wrote, Bruce drop, rolls up and drops a couple hundreds like a G and tells him he just needs one thing. And then you never see that guy again. I don't know what happened. That part confused me. And then um, you see uh, Batman making his way up to Wayne Tower, um, which I made a note of that we saw. We also saw this in the Court of Owls story. He met Lincoln March up here. Um, but there's a Riddler bot guarding it. Um, then you see uh, Lucius um, sitting in his van. He's radioing uh, between Batman and, and Gordon. And Gordon and the SWAT, I think they're SWAT team, whatever they are, um, they're in the uh, uh, subway system, which is still flooded. And they're trying to uh, pretty much corner Riddler and catch him because they believe that he's inside Wayne or underneath Wayne Tower. And so uh, Batman uh, opens up the elevator system, um, rides down uh, one of those and makes his way. Um, and then he uh, realizes something. He The elevator shafts, uh, doors begin to open and there's a couple of, couple of Riddler bots sitting there uh, with like rocket launchers and machine guns, and um, Bruce throws like a, uh, a smoke pellet and then escapes from them. But then he's only met by uh, more of these uh, robots. Uh, he jumps on one to escape out and jumps out a window. Just like Obi Wan in Episode Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it's actually just like that. Yeah. Um, and this robot like flies up in the sky and then. Uh, he smashes it with his axe. That's right, Batman has an axe. The bat axe. <laughs> bat axe. And the robot explodes, and we see Bruce falling from the sky. I keep saying Bruce, it's Batman. Batman falling from the sky. And then um, Lucius is in the van still, and all of a sudden he is attacked by a Riddler bot, uh, starts shooting through the um, van. He's about to get shot up when Bruce, Batman, um, gosh, Batman uh, bat-axes this robot also and saves him, but we have no idea how he got from that fall to here, which kind of bothered me. It was kind of anticlimactic. Um, he saves Lucius. He goes in to uh, see inside and check on the uh, equipment, and it's all um, broken from being shot. And Commissioner Gordon and his crew have been passing these Riddler boxes, which kind of reminded me of the Arkham games. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they're trying to make their way to Riddler, but they can't communicate with, with anyone anymore. Their communications have been cut down. And uh, basically... Um, this SWAT team was supposed to send in the coordinates for Riddler's position, and then they were going to basically send in some uh, jets and blow him up, basically. 
but um, Riddler set something up to where it was going to backfire on them, and these when they gave away their coordinates, these boxes were going to detonate and sink Gotham, um, I guess, into the ocean, since Gotham is an island city. And so uh, Batman and Lucius are talking. Bruce thinks he, he knows where the Riddler is at. He's going to give it one last try. And he has a heartfelt uh, let, uh, message for Alfred. It's pretty sad. And then he makes his way to Riddler. Um, he finds him, which happens to be the Sphinx where they first met. And Riddler comes out golf clapping. And they talk for a little bit. And Riddler tells him the game is just beginning as the... Um, what is it? The what's the game called? Setith? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, Seto or something like that. Yeah. Seto game appears below him. And it, it cracked me up because it looked like it was like disco fever. There's like yeah. neon lights everywhere. It's pretty awesome. So Riddler is is pretty cool. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was, I, like I said, a couple things that I was like, why didn't they explain that? It was just kind of out of the field, like Batman just appearing after he fell from the sky. Um, that bothered me. And then the beginning part didn't bother me as much because I, I kind of feel like they're going to maybe touch on it or explain it more next issue. And the reason I came to that conclusion is it looks like it's either snowing or it's like ashes falling from yeah. the sky. I couldn't tell. And so since that it's not like that outside, because we get an outside scene later, it's obviously not like that there. So I kind of feel like that's maybe here in this next issue that will be explained. It's supposed to be double-sized, I think. So there will be a lot of story in, in that one. But I gave it, let me see, four out of five batterings. Or four out of five bad and nascenti scripts that get through and printed. There's the official score, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, for this one, I thought it was a good issue, but I didn't think it was great like some of the past Spider and Zero Year stories. That was kind of been a thing with Zero Year as a whole for me. There's been great issues, yeah, but more just good ones than great, I think. But once it's all set it down, I'm going to go back and read it from the beginning and see how it all plays out as one long story. But this one was just kind of setting up pretty much what we're going to get in the last issue, Batman's confrontation with the Riddler. But there were some cool things that I enjoyed in it, which was pretty much the end, like you were talking about, Corbin, first off with Bruce's uh, message to Alfred um, that he was telling him, which makes me think if that's somehow going to tie into what you were talking about in the beginning with that homeless person with Bruce telling him, I need a new butler. So maybe Alfred's going to be gone after zero year for a bit, but of course we know he's, come, he's going to come back, so we'll see if that ties in somewhat, but I did like how, at the end, it did tie when Batman confronts Riddler and he asked him, how did you find my location? It all went back to, like you said, the first encounter that they had in Zero Year Part 2, and it went back to that set of game board where pretty much the pattern that Bruce was Bruce and Lucius were trying to locate uh, Riddler on, Bruce saw things that Lucius didn't, and it all harkened back to that uh board game design, and then it brought him back to the Sphinx into that museum where they first met. So I just like that callback. Again, establishing Batman as the world's greatest detective and the one who's superior to Riddler, no matter how much Riddler likes to think otherwise. But definitely looking forward to how it's all going to wrap up because it's 
we definitely know the next issue is the last one, but I just thought the second or the third act, uh, Savage City, it kind of went by pretty fast when I realized, that, oh, man, there's only one more issue left. So it kind of felt like, well, we just got to the Savage City part. But I think it's probably enough about time where it's start wrapped up the whole story and see how it ends. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. So I'm just going to give this one three and a half out of five uh, bad and essential scripts and story ideas that get through DC editorial. <laughs> I feel like like this whole story arc will greatly it's greatly depending on this next issue on how it ends. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out more next month. All right. So our next book is going to be Justice League number thirty-one, and Dane had to take off for the episode, so it'll just be me and Corbin continuing on. But uh, for Justice League number thirty-one, this one I really enjoyed, and it's pretty much for I think. One sequence that I believe everybody's probably going to like, <laughs> which is the Luthor-Bruce confrontation that they had, where Bruce or Luthor is at the Wayne Manor telling Bruce, yeah, I know you're Batman. And Bruce tries to play it all cool. And, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. That's ridiculous. Like, you're wasting my time. But I could just like the dynamic that both characters had where they're both convinced or both hanging to their conviction that Luxor, yeah, I know I'm right, and Batman's trying to play it off. Yeah, I know you're crazy. And they both played it real great. And then just how it all ends up happening where Alfred comes. But this is the only part I didn't like about it. Alfred pointed a gun at Luthor's head. I don't like the fact that Batman has a gun in his house or Alfred has a gun. I just don't like Bruce having any type of guns in his house. <laughs> I just, he's supposed to have a strong hatred for him that he doesn't can't stand the sight of him. So I didn't like that, but... It did enter, make for a cool sequence where Luthor shoots. We mentioned how he felt the draft in here, and so he shoots the clock where that leads the entrance to the Batcave, and it busts open. And he's all, he says like a smart aleck remark, like remarks saying, like, uh, I'm guessing that's not the wine cellar or something. <laughs> so let's start this conversation all over again. And we know there's nothing Batman can, or Bruce can do to deny it. So it, we get some other stuff with other Justice League members, Cyborg, and Shazam on monitor duty trying to find power rings. But that's where the issue started, where the new ring is going, trying to find a new host, which is this girl, Jessica Cruz. So she gets the ring and it takes her off um, to go pretty much exact revenge for her horrible life that she had. So it's but Superman and Wonder Woman and the rest of the Justice League are out trying to find her. But like I said, the majority of this issue takes place between Luthor and Batman. And Batman, I like how that uh, scenario or that example he gave to Luther why he won't let him join the Justice League. He said that old parable of the frog carrying the scorpion over the pond, but the scorpion ends up stabbing him even though he said he wouldn't. But then Bruce is all, yeah, well, I got another version of it. A bat flies by, he picks up the scorpion, and he rips it up. <laughs> and the frog is able to survive. I love that because he's like, oh, yeah, well, in my version of the story, there's a bat. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, of course. <laughs> and it worked because we got Luthor to leave. <laughs> yeah. He's like, fine, I don't like this story anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, Luthor, because the Justice League number 30 started off with Luthor part of the Justice League, so I just can't wait to see how he's going to make his way on the team. It should be pretty interesting. Yeah. The issue ends with uh, Justice League finding uh, Power Ring's location, but when she gets intercepted by someone we're thinking it's the Justice League, but it ends up being the Doom Patrol. So I know of them, but I'm not really too familiar with them, so I didn't get too excited when I saw them. Like, oh, cool, the Doom Patrol. But I I really just know them from a Batman Raven the Bulls episode, which is really good. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But overall, this is a really fun issue to read, made by that great 
Luthor Bruce Wayne confrontation. So I'm going to give this four out of five bad NSNT Catwoman stories that make it through DC editorial. <laughs> you, you missed the best part of the comic, Tim. Uh, what, how can it get better than uh, uh, well, the scorpion and the frog parable? What's better than that? Oh, well, it has come to the duty of Cyborg and Shazam to survey the entire world. <laughs> so when you need the Justice League, these are the two people who are watching you, who who determine whether you need help or not. Well, I, Cyborg <laughs> makes sense because he's connected to everything, but Shazam, yeah. <laughs> but she's a 10-year-old kid, but none of them know that, and he's like, I am so bored. And he's like, can we do something? Can we go, like, have some fun? And he's like, do you have do you have an Xbox? He's like, I have one in my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, well, uh, Cyborg's like, well, what are your powers? He's like, I don't really know. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, well, let's try him out. So he's like, uh, show me what I want for the league. And then a ping pong table appears. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're like, <laughs> and they're like, they look at each other. They're like, well, might as well. <laughs> Uh, that, that was awesome. Still uh, good as the, the stuff, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Alfred having a gun didn't bother me, because, one, that's a James Bond gun that he's holding. And then, like, <laughs> Alfred's supposed to be a member of, like, a secret agent group back in his time. So it didn't really bother me that, that he has one. Yeah, that, that'll be a pet peeve of mine every time that happens. With that. <laughs> yeah, I would think out of respect of Bruce, he wouldn't have that gun anywhere. Yeah, so. which it didn't bother me at all when I saw the cover with Dick Grayson and you hated that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, they have the previews of Grayson in the back of these. Yeah. What did you think of that? It still didn't win me over. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mikkel Jannon's art. The art wasn't bad, yeah, but I still can't get over the fact that that's what Dick's doing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be reviewing it, so, so I'll let you know. I'm looking forward to it, but <laughs> I still plan on getting the first issue unless it just gets really horrible reviews, and I won't, but i got to give it a fair shot at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what are you going to give Justice League 31? Um, I... We'll give Justice League 31 a 4 out of 5 Anacenti scripts that get through and published by DC. <laughs> Not just any scripts, horrible scripts. Horrible. <laughs> Is it any Anacenti script That's horrible? Yeah. <laughs> so far they have. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> But that's going to take us next to July 2nd in our Batman Eternal recap of issues 12 to 13. So did you read both issues, Corbin? Or I just read um, 13, which was this week. Okay. So I'll start with issue number 12. And it's still on a good run, Batman Eternal, from the last few weeks. So definitely glad to see it being consistent for probably a good four weeks now. And what I like about this issue was how uh, now Forbes is – kind of getting his own, or not Forbes, uh, Bard. Forbes is that other guy who showed up in the Dark Knight title a while back. He <laughs> was in uh, with Gordon, but who's now the commissioner. So i got to get the name straight. But Isn't Forbes the commissioner? Yeah, he's a Forbes okay. the commissioner in here. I got him mixed up here for some reason. Okay, okay, gotcha. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Bard's setting up his plan to uh, try to take down this gang war, but at the same time he knows 
Commissioner Forbes has put the police force out to get Batman and not do anything for the game wars. So I just like the fact that him, uh, Bullock, and Maggie Sawyer are kind of forming their own small like team to do what they can and what they know is right for the city and not just focus on getting Batman. So I just love how, I don't know, I just get a feeling Forbes, or see, I did it again, Bard, <laughs> is going to play a big role in the future. I don't know if they're going to set up where he's going to take Commissioner Gordon's place when Batman Eternal is done. Maybe the big thing is that Gordon is not going to make it out of this alive and he's going to be the new commissioner or Batman's new ally. I don't know, because I just get the feeling I hope not. they're really setting him up for something big. So make this to see <laughs> how it's going to play out. Cause I think he's a cool character. I like how he interacts with Commissioner Forbes and with Vicky Bale and with the other cops, even with Batman. So Yeah. I really like him, too. I just hope he didn't replace Gordon. Yeah, because that's going to be a tough job. <laughs> oh, man. No matter how cool of a character you are. I also like, too, after we see Forbes, <laughs> I'm going to make it through these two issues. Bard, like in Soya, we see two SWAT officers escorting Gordon into the police truck to go to his trial. And then we find out one of them is actually Batman, and Gordon knew it all along. I just love that. <laughs> he says that line, like saying, uh, I, not to be a critic, but if you're trying to pass for Officer Smitty, you should have be a little less attentive on the job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love this relationship they have with each other. They know each other like a book. <laughs> they can just spot when someone's, even though they're trying to be undercover, he knows it's Batman. <laughs> I just think that's so- <laughs> The only thing I really didn't like so far in Batman Eternal is uh, Harper Rowe and Tim Drake's side story, how she's trying to infiltrate his, like, uh, network database, and or Tim's trying to uh, get her out after she infiltrates him, breaking in on Professor Pig. That's That story arc's not doing anything for me so far. And I know Harper Rowe's going to play a big role later on when she becomes uh, Bluebird, so we'll just see how that all leads up to that. And then we get the... Jason Todd and Batgirl thing, which is probably the least interesting aspect <laughs> of Batman Eternal so far for me. This seems like a side note. It didn't really need to be here. Because the Gordon stuff's good. We got the stuff of his trial, which really set the tone where it's going to be a hard thing for him to come out of and just to win this. So, you know, there's a lot depending on Batman to prove his innocence. And then we get the thing with Alfred and his daughter. And uh, Tim finds out for the first time <laughs> where he barges in. is like, oh, like, who are you? <laughs> and then... <laughs> We get to see Forbes um, kind of tell – or that, I might begin that with the next issue. But, yeah, we actually see Bard and Bullock meet Batman to say the plan. And Batman's kind of like, uh, like, what are you doing here? Because he still doesn't trust Bard yet for what happened before. He, well, he did kind of knew there was more to him, but he still can't fully trust him just yet. So he's kind of surprised to see him. And so he, the plan works on Batman because he goes with it, as we'll find out in the next issue. But – Issue number 12 ends with uh, Gordon being taken out of his cell and kind of beaten up because someone paid the security guard off to meet with Gordon. And it ends up being his son, James Jr., who Gordon is shocked to see alive. So issue 12 was definitely a good read. I enjoyed it a lot. Loved what it's setting up. So I'm going to give this one a 4 out of 5 and a senti Catwoman stories that make it through DC editorial. But for 13, um, I'll let you go ahead and start off with this one, Corbin. What do you think of 13? I I really liked it. Um, I was actually very surprised because I haven't, like, I mean, last time I was on here, I told you I read issue six, I uh, think. Yeah. And that's the last issue I picked up. And that's a great one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I didn't care for it. And so I, at that point, I was like, all right, this is going nowhere. I'm not going to read it anymore. And so um, Dustin asked me to review it this week, and so I ended up getting it, and 
issue 13. I thought it was great. Um, and I, I just noticed, actually, I'm looking at the cover. I really like Dustin Wynn's cover. Um, yeah. I like his – it looks like it's painted almost. Uh, it's a little more sloppy, and I feel like that fits better than the art where he drew an issue four where it was like flat colors and stuff. I didn't really like that look. I feel like this cover looks way better. But I was looking at Commissioner Gordon's glasses. If you look closely, you can see James Jr. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I you totally see eye patch? Too, yeah. I just saw that, which yeah, I had it digital, so I can zoom in. I was like, wait, what is that? So I thought that was cool. Um, but, yeah, here we have um, James Jr. talking to Commissioner Gordon, and he's basically just telling him that he knows there's a, a part of – of him inside uh, Commissioner Gordon. I guess he's not commissioner anymore, but he feels like there's there's some part of evil in him or or something, and so he tells him he's going to leave the Kate or the uh, his cell door unlocked at a certain time, and there'll be no guards, and that he hopes he makes his way down there and I guess joins him or I, I don't know what he's he's up to yet. Um, we also see Jason Bard. Um, Telling Commissioner Forbes that about their plan, uh, him and Harvey Bullock, that Batman is in on also, that they're going to try to catch Batman. And he's like, just think of how this will make you a permanent um, uh, commissioner. And so he's like, oh, yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. Take whatever you need. And so Vicky Vale joins him in it also. Um, and uh, they end up busting up this uh, gang um, of Falcones um, who have some guns and, and drugs and, and stuff like that. And so <laughs> since they saw Batman on the scene, uh, Jason Bard just says, oh, well, they're affiliates of Batman. And I love, like, there's a guard, like, what? And he's like, looks like a bat to me. And he's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just take him in and uh so Forbes comes in and he's like what are all these people doing in let them out and Vicky Vale's like excuse me can I get a quote on that as to why and he's like uh never mind let him <laughs> you know, keep him <laughs> um and then we also get a double page on uh Harper Row actually infiltrating Tim Drake's uh, Robin's Nest. <laughs> and I, I love that she did the callback to the 66 show. Holy supercomputer, Batman. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Um, and Tim Drake finds that the, uh, source of the nanobots is coming from, uh, Tokyo, and he realizes it was one of Batman's mentors. And then, um, we also get one more story where, uh, Stephanie Brown is talking to her friend, and her friend has gotten a box from who Stephanie knows is from her her dad, the Clue Master. And she tells her not to open it, but she opens it anyways. It blows up, and Stephanie is on the opposite of the street um, while the house is burning. She's crying, and Clue Master is saying that watching her from a camera, saying she'll come to us. And I just thought this was really good because. We've gotten, we, you know, the past issues we've read, it was just one of those stories all the way through. And it felt like it was just moving really, really slow. 
I felt like with this issue, they were taking more of the uh, Futures End approach and doing multiple stories in one issue, and it feels like more of a progression. And I hope they continue to do that throughout. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so I, I gave this, I believe, four and a half uh, terrible innocenty scripts that get published by DC. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. I mean, it's set up, or had a nice payoff to what was set up in the issue number 12, and I just love seeing uh, Barr putting his plan into action. Like you said, that was a great moment where not only were they caught uh, Falcone's men, and the guy makes a comment about his tattoo, saying, yeah, it looks like a bad symbol to me. <laughs> yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the scene at the Gotham uh, City Police had, uh, police Station where Forbes actually gets all mad, and then he say like, release him now, and then Vicky Vale pops out, oh, okay, like, would you like to explain why you're releasing tons of uh, armed men who <laughs> were just arrested? Like, like, uh, you kind of, okay, yeah, keep them in here and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff was great. And then also, too, how um, before we get to the ending with Stephanie Brown, how we get in uh, Vicky Vale and Bart are listening in on a conversation Forbes is having with Balcony. Yeah. And how he's asking her, like, how soon can you get this up on the Gotham Gazette website? Like, within an hour is all good. So yeah. we'll see the fallout from that. because Yeah, they're going to take him down. Yeah, so it should escalate Balcony's plans, too. So Yeah. Another solid issue, and the James Gordon Jr. stuff was cool. It's, even though he didn't script this issue, you know, Scott Snyder is involved with the story, so it's kind of to see him, James Gordon. It's good to see James Gordon being in a story with Scott Snyder involved with it, because <laughs> with Batgirl, he didn't have too many good moments there. So <laughs> hopefully it could be a return to form for him. So should be interesting to see what plays out with Gordon and James Jr. So, yeah, good solid two issues for Batman Eternal this episode. So I'm going to give this one, Probably the same score I gave issue number 12, four out of five bad end is sent to Catwoman stories that make it through DC editorial. So <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just hope it stays at this consistent level for a while because... Yeah, it took it a while to get here, and now it's it's finally gotten really good. Yeah, it started yeah. out great, then in, in the middle issues it had like a hit and miss type thing, but like I said, pretty much I would say four straight issues, maybe more. It's been some good stuff, so just hopefully it's like that for a while. <laughs> Yeah, it keeps this up, and I will definitely be getting it in trade when it comes out. <laughs> so you can go through later on the not-so-great issues that you missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. read it. Maybe maybe if I read it all at one time, though, it won't read so bad. Maybe. That's what but, I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, that's true, because when you're just reading one issue, it's a portion of the story that you're not really invested in. It might flow better if it's just a small part in a trade or something. So yeah. maybe you'll write. Um. Just mention, I also this week reviewed Batwing 33, um, which is the second to last issue, and it was actually pretty decent. That's actually the first Batwing comic I've read, mm. and I actually kind of liked it. So I was, I put my review, I was like, uh, if I had read this sooner, I would actually be sad that this was ending. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was kind of crazy, but it, it was it was pretty fun at the same time. Um, at some points. I mean, the whole thing wasn't funny. It was actually kind of depressing at some points, but the actual character of Luke Fox, I thought was enjoyable to read. Um, and then Batman, Superman. Have you read any of those? Just the very first arc. Okay, because I read um, up until I, I, I reviewed um, the Mongol story um, when Brad Booth came on. Mm. And I absolutely hated those <laughs> issues like I was giving them ones and twos and 
I read this uh, issue 12 came out this this past week and I actually really enjoyed it. It was um, Batman and, and Superman actually had a good relationship in this and had a point where they were like understood each other and were actually felt like friends. And I really enjoyed reading that story. So you can check that, those out. You can check out my reviews on the website of, of, of those. Well, that's good to know. Hopefully, uh, for Batwing, it ends on a strong note because yeah. I got the series. I started, I started with the series number one, and stayed with it until Luke Fox took over. Cause I just didn't get into his whole story, even though he had like his bat suit was really cool. I just love that Batwing outfit. But I, I don't care for his mask. Really? Oh, I think yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I uh, there's a panel where it, I think when it first showed him in this comic, actually the majority of this comic didn't have him in it. So I'm like, I hope the last issue has him in it a lot. But it, there's a panel where he's in like the the shadows, and his suit looked really cool. I was like, oh wow! And I turn the page and I see like a close up of his mask. I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't look as cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, put him back in the shadow again. So it looks cool. <laughs> I'm hoping for the last issue though, the original Batwing will make an appearance some way. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I I mean, based on this one, I, I don't see that happening. But I mean, just throw It'd be nice. The, the people who did like that version of the character, <laughs> yeah, do a team up time. or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll you'll yeah. have to let me know it wraps up. <laughs> I will. But that's going to do it for episode sixty-one. So thanks, Corbin, for joining us again. Hope you had a good time. I did. Cool. So don't forget to check out our sponsors, uh, Tweak Audio. You can go ahead and go to tweakaudio.com and place your order. And when you're about to check out, just enter the promo code TBUSAVES and you'll receive 33% off your entire order, plus free worldwide shipping. And you can also check out the banner, which is a link to the Tweak Audio website over at the Batman Universe. And you can find the Batman Universe at thebatmanuniverse.net and on Facebook, facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse, and at Twitter, and the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. And if you want, you can follow each of us on Twitter. I'm at TimG311. Dane is at Dane Says Banana. And Corbin, you're at? Corbin, at Corbin underscore pool. Right, i got to add that to our outro. So <laughs> when you're on, you guys. <laughs> I only remember that because you told me that last time. I didn't know my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's that underscore. It throws me off. <laughs> yeah. And then also, you can rate and review us on iTunes. We're still looking for that 12th review <laughs> to get us to that even number <laughs> that Dave wants to have so bad. So any reviews would be much appreciated. He's and, a perfectionist, guys. Help him out. Yes. <laughs> and then give us another review to make it to an odd number, but then review us again to get us back to even. <laughs> Just be that never-ending cycle. And don't forget... <laughs> never-ending. Yeah, you can take us out on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash podcast. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it to batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And with that, that's going to wrap things up. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. All right, cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm tired of having the phone while we were home for two hours. <laughs> it does kind of, like... My fingers like start. I'll, I'll be holding the phone really tightly and I won't even realize it. Oh my gosh, my fingers are hurting. They're like cramping or something. Yeah. With that grip on it. heart is And seems Have you guys, uh, to fight? Not yet. When is yours? 
And all the pain you've been facing